That was quite a bit. Okay, little kids, how many of you know who Pastor Kurt is? All right, do you just love Pastor Kurt? He's awesome, huh? All right, so I'm going to ask, okay, we're going to turn the lights off. Let's get the lights off. Okay, we got Pastor Kurt. Some of you little kids might not know, but we also have another pastor who is equally awesome. His name, his nickname is Webster, but his real name is Pastor Jeremy. He's our administrative pastor. So, okay, we're going to turn the lights off completely, and we're going to do kind of a drum roll. Okay, drum roll, shake, shake, shake. (laughs) And here, all the lights. We need all the lights just for the effect. And here comes Pastor Kurt and Pastor Jeremy. <laughs> Woohoo! Ah, <clears throat> uh, Lord, thank you for this great day. Lord, I'm super excited to get some rest. I have some, uh, some exciting things here to put underneath my pillow. Ah, uh, okay. Mm. And, uh, Lord, why did you create spiders? That's so random. Like, they're, they're, they're spooky. Why don't you do that? I caught you. Oh, I'm not here, kid. Go back to sleep. <laughs> hey, hey are, are you the tooth fairy? The, the tooth fairy? Yeah, the tooth no, fairy. No, I'm a guy. I'm the... <laughs> the, the tooth fairy is my business partner. Uh, I, I'm the truth fairy. You know, I, I've never heard of you before. You've never heard of the truth fairy? Mm, not a you single know, time. You as, know, as light as the wind, as bright as the moon, I feed you God's truth from a marshmallow spoon. You know, the, the funniest say that, that doesn't ring a bell. That, uh, the truth fairy. Na 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 na. Truth decay. Truth decay. What's truth decay? What's truth decay? Come on, truth decay is when you listen to the lies the world tells you instead of listening to the truth in God's word. Hmm. I'm gonna need an example. Oh, come on, kid. I got lots of stops to make tonight. Well, I need an example, or else I'm gonna take a photo and post it on Instagram. Whoa. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, truth decay would be like, say you did something wrong, and you know the Bible says you should confess it to your parents, but your friends at school are like, no, don't tell your parents, you'll just get in trouble. And you're starting to think, wow, maybe they're right. If you listen to your friends instead of listening to the Bible, that would be truth decay. Hmm, okay, so uh, how do you fight truth decay? Um, you got a Bible? Uh, actually, this time I do. All right, look in uh, Matthew 7, 24. Okay, Matthew 7, 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So that's it, just those two things. What, what, what are those two things? Uh, here's these words of mine. Okay, that's the first one. That's like reading your Bible or listening to your parents when they talk about the Bible or your Sunday school teacher. Okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. I think we got it. Uh, what's number two? <laughs> and then number two is like putting it into practice so you don't just hear it and then forget hmm. about it. You actually go out and do what it says. Okay, okay. Th- so is, is there going to be a book on this or a quote on this that we can quote you from? Yeah, just just uh, hear it and do it, I guess. Hmm. It's good. Okay. okay? okay. All right, I gotta get out of here. Uh, um, <clears throat> oh yeah, I forgot. Here you go. Uh, you haven't seen the latest inflation rates, have you? No, this is. This, <laughs> do, you, do you deliver truth to the Fed? If quantitative easing, you know, it's it's gonna be a little more costly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Pleasure Thanks. doing business with you. <laughs> Whatever, kid. Right after they had lost their. Entire-
entire home in a tornado. And I'll never forget Good what job. the dad told me. He said, you know, about 30 seconds before the storm hit, it got really quiet. And then boom, nothing was left but the foundation that the house was built upon. And you know what? The same can be said about our lives. When the storms come, when you lose someone, when the bottom falls out of your job, when you go broke, all that's left is the foundation. It says in Matthew 7 that a wise man builds his house on a rock and a foolish man builds his house on sand. So how do we relate that to modern day terms? Well, if you build your house on a rock, that's things like uh, good spiritual principles, good values, good morals, good character. Now, if you build it on sand, well, that's things like money, status, vanity, what you look like, things that simply will not withstand the test of time. So my question to you today is, what are you building your house upon, rock or sand? All right, so that's the big question. Are you going to build your life on the rock, solid truths from God's word, or are you going to listen to the lies the world tells you? And the Bible's really clear about the consequences for each of those choices. In Matthew seven twenty four through 27, it spells it out. And I could read it to you or just uh, share it with you, but I thought it'd be more fun if we could kind of see it and experience it. So I'm going to get the kids to help me out on this. Kids, everybody stand up to your feet. All right, stretch it out a little bit. Okay. All right, good. Now run up here with me. Awesome. Come right up here on the stage facing everybody. Nice. I'm going to get down here so I can look up at you guys. Perfect. Awesome. Oh, yeah. This is going to be great. Okay. We're going to demonstrate Matthew 7, 24 through 27. So it goes like this. Everyone who hears these words of mine, and we're going to do hears these words, we're going to lean way over to hear God's word. Okay. Good. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So it's like soccer practice. Good. All right, from the beginning, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Good. <laughs> who built his house upon the rock. Nice. That whole verse one more time. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Good, the rain came down. And you guys can help us out with a little snapping. I'll add to the rain. We'll do the clapping. You do the snapping. The rain came down. The streams rose up. And the wind... Oh, you guys have to keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> the rain, wind rose up. And the wind beat and blew against the house. Now you can add in a... <sighs> nice. Okay. All right, let's do that part again. And the rain came down, and the streams rose up, and the winds blew and beat against the house, but it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Ooh, very good. All right, we'll keep going. We'll go and practice, we'll practice the whole thing through once, and then we'll do it for real, okay? Okay, so we did the wise man, now here's the foolish man. But everyone who hears these words of mine will lean the other way this time. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. All right? Does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. <laughs> you want to be the foolish man like that? Saying humph to God. The foolish man, humph, who built his house upon the sand. Whoosh. 
Nice. The rains came down. The rain came down. Good, good. And the streams rose up. The wind blew and beat against. Nice. Blew and beat against the house. And it fell. (laughs) Nice. With a mighty crash. All right. We got it. Okay. Everybody up. This is for real this time. Here we go. Ready? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose up, and the wind blew and beat against the house, but it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rains came down, the stream rose up, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. All right, good job, you guys. All right, you guys can sit down. Awesome. Good job. Thank you, guys. Okay. Okay, you know, the Bible teaches that foundations matter, and so we're going to do a little experiment to see if we can verify that what the Bible teaches is true. And so I'm going to need two volunteers, preferably first, second, third grade, but Alicia... Oh, I have to have my daughter, Autumn, have to come up. Come on up, Autumn. Okay, so the way this is going to happen is we're going to build, do some building here. Uh, Lisa, you can be right here. Autumn, you're going to be right here. we got blocks, and we're going to take one minute, and you're going to have a little competition is how fast can you build. Autumn, you have a little bit of a head start being taller there. Uh, so we're going to put one minute on the clock, and your objective is to build as, as tall as you can. Okay, in one minute. On your mark, we got video. Go. <laughs> okay, will a sandy foundation win with that height advantage? Or the shorter, more secure foundation? Hold up. Thirty seconds. It's looking big, Alicia. <laughs> Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Woo. Okay, so the interesting thing about building on foundations is that, you know, if everything just went the way we liked in life, life would be really easy. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes life gives you a little bit of a curveball, and it comes in the way of storms, you know, you, you, it rains on your parade, so to speak. So we're going to do a little testing here <laughs> to see how things hold up with a little bit of rain. 
Hey, Kurt, how long do you think you could go on that one there? I think mine could go all day. Yeah, that's the thing about building on a solid foundation. It, things last. Okay, so with that, I have a, a small little gift for you guys, uh, courtesy of the Truth Fairy. So congratulations. Thank you for playing. Thank you for playing. <laughs> so it, it's fun for me talking about foundations because before I got involved in ministry, I was actually a licensed civil engineer. And so foundations are kind of fun for me. I actually had the opportunity back when I was a consultant working for ODOT uh, to design a bridge. And so I have a little, a little photo of one of my bridges down in Roseburg. And if you drive down to California on I-5, you'll go over my bridge. It sounds like, like this, thump, thump, thump. And that's about the extent of the bridge. <laughs> it's not real, not real glamorous, but if you're going to California, you're glad that it's there, not, not a big hole. Uh, so, so some things that you learn about from engineering about foundations that also apply to our lives. So the first one is is sometimes catastrophic failures occur, okay? So catastrophic failure is a big, huge flash flood, something happening in life that's a big, huge event. You know, big car accident, uh, family member dying. There's various things like that that hit us hard, okay? And without a good foundation, doesn't matter how strong a bridge or a structure is, if it doesn't have a good foundation, a big hit like that, and it's gone, okay? The second kind of foundation failure that occurs in structures and also in real life is a slow degradation, Okay? It's the little drip. It's the, the little stream that keeps eating away at the base until it falls over. Okay? And that, is, that same kind of thing is going to happen in our own personal life when we're not on a solid foundation. Okay? So that is uh, the lessons learned. And you know, what is that foundation for us as believers? Our foundation is it's really our worldview. It's what we believe to be true about reality, about who God is, who we are, what sin is, what truth is. All those things serve as a foundation. And here in a couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Josh and I are doing, going to be having a class that talks about some of these foundations or reasons, reasons for faith and some of the foundational things. So if you're interested in some of those topics, that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, but for now... Uh, Kurt, my fellow pastor engineer, and I are actually going to talk through uh, some fa- major foundational truths in the Bible, okay? And so the right, the right beliefs about these really impact our lives. Okay, so Pastor Kurt, what are, what are the two big things that we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the first foundation is that God exists, and the second is that he's good. Okay. He exists, he's real, and secondly, he's good. Okay, sounds good. So, so, Jeremy, let me ask you. Sorry oh, to cut yep, you off. Yep. So Jeremy's a super smart guy. <laughs> um, how do you know that God exists? That, that's very kind of you. Uh, you know, I actually grew up in a family that didn't believe that God existed. So it was, it was interesting for me. When I, all the way growing up, that was not what I believived and not what I saw. Um, and so I, I started believing some other assumptions, some other things that were true about how the world was created and how things were. It was really tightly integrated into science. However, when I got to college... Uh, studying to be an engineer, I, I learned some things, some underlying corrections to some understanding. So the first thing is, what, what, I mean, what, why are we here? What cause? What are the first reasons that the universe exists? And if you study in science, you get this topic called the Big Bang. Okay? And what's interesting about the Big Bang is you, we, you would ask a question, what caused the Big Bang? Okay? That's a good first question, like, well, what caused this? And science has a small problem with that because all science is based on testing, experimenting, and, and figuring things out. But how do you test and ex- run an experiment on something that hap- what caused everything to come into existence? You have a little bit of a problem. 
there isn't any data. You can't get any data for what caused the Big Bang if everything came into existence at the Big Bang. There's a philosophical problem that's a little bit deeper that you have to deal with, okay? So science has a little bit of a problem is that it cannot give you answers to why we're here at a fundamental level, okay? So it ends up being that faith in God or faith not in God are both faiths. It's just different faiths and different things. It's a really important principle. And I actually think personally, if, you know, we're not going to answer the, the age-old question of does God exist in a family service in 30 minutes? But what we might be able to talk about is just one interesting point that I personally find convincing uh, as evidence for God existing. And it's how the world is created, okay? You know, uh, scientists call and put where we're at in our solar system, they call it the Goldilocks zone how perfect it is for human life. In fact, if you take some time and study, and I hope you will, you'll find that this universe, this world, everything is so finely tuned for our existence. And to me, that is very, very good evidence, not proof, but very good evidence that God exists. All right. So if God exists, I mean, okay, we, okay that, that's important. We're, we're making it the, like the number one foundation. Why, why do you think that's so important to believe? Okay, and I'd start with what the Bible teaches, actually. As it, the whole Bible starts with this idea that God, God was. God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is the foundation of truth in the scriptures, and everything builds off of there. Because we have a creator, we have a moral responsibility to our creator. Because we have a creator, we have a purpose. Like when there's storms in our life and we're wondering what on earth are we here to do, there's an answer for that because God exists. So many areas, whether, whether morality, whether truth, everything has its root in the truth of God's existence. Okay? So it's very foundational. Um, and you know, the truth of the matter is there's plenty of people who don't believe in Jesus that still believe God exists. Okay? But we also have a, sometimes a, a wrong idea of who, what, what's God's like. You know, sometimes we feel like God is a big meanie, that he has all these rules, all the things we need to do. And man, we have to follow these rules or else. Okay, so sometimes people get feeling like God's going to mean. Kurt, is God mean? No, God is not mean. <laughs> so, um, but it's true that he has a lot of rules. Uh, and, but the rules are there because he loves us and he wants to protect us. Um, like when my, like say when my daughters were little, maybe like what if I had a rule that you're not allowed to drink dish soap? Okay, that's actually a pretty good rule. Does that make me a mean dad? No, it's just the opposite. I would make that rule because I love my daughters, and I know it's best for them, and I know that dish soap tastes disgusting. So the rules just show how much I love them. God's rules are exactly the same. God loves us enough to give us rules for our protection. Um, It reminds me of uh, Psalms 36, 5 and 7. Where King David wrote, Lord, your love is as high as the heavens. That's how much God loves us. Like if you were measuring it from the ground, would it come up to here? here? Yeah. No, all the way up to the heavens to measure God's love. Your faithful love reaches up to the skies. Lord, you keep people and animals safe. How priceless your faithful love is. People find safety in the shadow of your wings which is a super cool picture that King David wrote about um, like a mama bird. And she's like protecting her little birdies under her wing because she doesn't want them to get rained on and get all cold or whatever. And it says God feels the same way about us. Like all those rules are for our protection. He's trying to keep out all the bad stuff uh, because he loves us like his little chickies. And I thought, well, that's a cool picture. How could we illustrate it in here? And I was thinking, 
Okay, I mean, I hope the kids in here know I love them. You know how much I love you guys, right? Picture that. Good. Wait, but even more. Picture how much your parents love you guys. Wait, even better. Picture how much grandma loves you guys. Wow. Okay? (laughs) All right, that's a lot of love. Okay? In fact, I don't know. Let's say... Can we measure that love? Yeah, let's say this will represent grandma's love. Let me pull this out of here. Okay. This is grandma's love. And from the ground, maybe it doesn't look that high, but just think. Just that, that's a lot of love because you know how grandma feels. Okay, but if that's grandma's love, maybe this would be God's love. Okay. This, do you think that's how much God loves you? Yeah, twice as much as grandma? Yeah, no, that's not enough. That's not enough. Maybe this is how much God loves you. Think that's good? Three times grandma? That's three times. Yeah, that's still not enough. That's a lot of love, but it's still not enough because the Bible says his love reaches to the heavens, up to the skies. We're going to have a hard time fitting that in here. Yeah, we'll do the best we can. All right, so let's see here. (laughs) That's a lot of love. Okay, that's all we can do. Yeah, that's it. Okay, there you guys go. See, kids, that's God's love for you as much. As much as we can do inside, yeah. All right. So basically, God's rules are not there because he's mean, but because he loves you all the way up to the heavens. I love it. So, so if God's rules are there to protect us, then uh, does God enjoy punishing people when they break some? No, no. Actually, God does not enjoy punishing people. So yes, it's true that, and we'll just talk about his kids, all, all of us who believe in Jesus, that God, the Bible says God disciplines his children, when we do wrong things in order to help us remember not to do that again. So he disciplines us to help us remember, but God doesn't enjoy punishing anybody. I can say that without a doubt. And, and how do you know that? Uh, because of what he did. Think of God was the king of all heaven, right? I mean, he lived in wonderfulness. I mean, and, and he decided to leave it and come down and be born as a baby on this earth and die a super painful death on the cross because he wanted to avoid punishing us so much that he th- I'd rather punish myself than punish them. So that's a pretty serious love. Uh, that tells me that God doesn't enjoy punishing us. First Peter 3.18 even says that the one person, Jesus, who didn't ever do anything wrong, in fact, always did what was right, mm-hmm. got punished for those of us who don't always do what's right. That's, I love that. Okay, so so, if, so you're saying like if God doesn't punish us because of what Jesus died on the cross, does that mean I get to like do whatever I want? No, Jeremy, you cannot oh. do whatever you want. You have to obey God. Okay, and there's a whole bunch of different reasons. Maybe like let's think about one right now. Um, if God loved you so much that He left the land of wonderfulness and came down to earth and suffered and died for you. And now he asks you to obey him and live for him. Wouldn't you want to obey him and live for him because you're so thankful for what he did? So thankfulness is one good reason to obey okay. God. But there's a lot. Um, let's, let's start this video. Like, pretend this guy who's blowing this bubble. That's like the bubble of gratitude that we should live in. Thankful for what God did for us on the cross. So we should obey him because we're thankful. Okay. But also we could add on to that um, just getting to know God better. John 14, 21 says, he who knows my commands and keeps them, it's he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. 
So Jesus said, if you want to get to know God, if you want God to show himself to you, you have to know his commandments and keep them. Keep them. So that's a good reason. Okay. All right? We should obey God because we want to get to know him better every day. But we could also add on to that discipline. All right? We talked before about if you disobey God, he'll discipline you to help you remember not to do that again. None of us want to be disciplined by God. So that's another reason we could add in storing up treasures in heaven. Or how about just because it's right? Everything God tells us to do and obey is the right thing to do. So that's another, there's all sorts of reasons. We could add more, but let's just focus on these for today. We should obey God out of thankfulness, to get to know him better, to avoid his discipline, to store up treasures in heaven, and just because it's right. Sounds good. That sounds, that sounds like a fairly decent foundation. Okay, so one last time we want to bring up the Matthew 7.24 as, as way of reminder. Everyone who hears these words from God's word... And these words of mine, and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So with that, uh, we are going to, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. We're going to invite the uh, communion servers to come out. We're actually going to serve communion here. And so what we're going to do is they, they're going to come up and uh, hold on to the elements. And then uh, Pastor Josh will get up and explain all those details. So um, we pray with me. Uh, Father God, Lord, thank you for the firm foundation that we have in your word and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that you created us, that you loved us. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we don't always obey your rules. Lord, we sin, and Lord, that sin has consequences. And so, Lord, thank you that uh, through the person of Jesus on the cross, that, Lord, you took those, that punishment for us. Uh, and that's true for all of us who believe and who are trusting in you. So, Lord, I pray that uh, we would uh, know your truth, that we would know and experience you. Uh, and from that, Lord, that we would uh, experience eternal life. Lord, that we would uh, be thankful. Lord, that we would earn up and store up those treasures in heaven uh, because it's the right thing to do. So, Lord, thank you again for the foundation of your word and for Jesus. And we pray this all in your son's name. Amen.